1: Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy and Chris Jackson, uh, gentlemen. Going to be, be a bit of a quicker episode today on Monday as we have to hunker down this afternoon to vote on our uh, our second all area basketball teams. Uh, obviously, going to devote plenty of time to that today. So, but nevertheless, wanted to uh, I guess uh, devote the podcast to, to talking a little bit of a, I guess a little bit of a close to basketball coverage with the, the playing of the state girls basketball tournament over the weekend. And then you know what we can do a little bit of just an all area basketball primer, just kind of what we've got in store this afternoon, Chris. You were uh, you were right there in the trenches, man. You were right there at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio for the last two days of the state basketball tournament in a, uh, a tournament, I should say. Of, I guess of the of the three teams that you covered out there, Frisco, Liberty, Argyle, McKinney. You kind of got to see just the uh, the gamut of emotions that can come with uh, with high school sports, and it's that's the that's the unique thing about sports is that with all of the the legwork and the time that these players, these coaches, the parents, everybody puts into this whole thing, you can see just how much it means there at the very end with the the state tournament sort of being a culmination of all that, and no matter what the outcome is, you can just see how much it means to these kids. And you got to kind of see between our three schools that were out there, just uh, again the gamut of emotions from the highest of highs with Frisco Liberty to a you know a team in in McKinney that was you know even in defeat really kind of you know showed itself as being you know kind of a like showed that they belonged on yep. that stage despite you know long odds and whatnot and being sort of an improbable state tournament mm-hmm. qualifier. And then you had just yeah, you know the heartbreak with how uh, Argyle's season had to had to end. So um, we'll talk a little bit about all three of those teams, and we can start right at the very top with the first ever state basketball champion from Frisco ISD, um, Liberty. The Lady Redhawks got it done in a uh, a game that was that looks just like your typical Liberty girls basketball game, thirty five to twenty six over Veterans Memorial in the state championship game, and the Lady Redhawks hoist the five A state title. Uh, so Chris, I mean, yeah, you were right there, man. So just what was um just kind of what was your takeaway from that game and seeing what Liberty was able to do to, uh, to get over that hump?
2: That's just what Liberty wanted to do was slow that game down, especially mm-hmm. against Veterans Memorial up from San Antonio. And look at the final score, 35-26. After giving up 11 points in that first quarter, which is pretty much a high-flying day, I guess, for an opponent in the first quarter there with 11 points. But after that, two points in the second, five in the third, eight in the fourth. And they weren't getting a whole lot of shots up either. That, mm-hmm. That's the difference. Frisco Liberty's defense did come to play when they had to, but that offense was so patient. They were not chucking up any bad shots, not rushing it. They were patient. They got the job done. They won by nine. And look, after that first quarter, they go down 11-6. to six. They have 9-6-14. and 14. That was a great fourth quarter. They had to finish that game, but Liberty just played a great game all around. Mm-hmm. They deserve that. All the girls stepped up like they had to. Jazzy Owens Barnett, in particular, the MVP award, very deserving, running mm-hmm. the show, grabbing rebounds. I, I lost count of how many fouls she drew. Honestly, She played physical <laughs> and she deserved all those foul calls. She played a great game. Deserved an MVP. Starting off slow <clears throat> in the first quarter of playoff games was nothing new mm-hmm. for
3: Liberty.
4: I mean, they were down seven to zero in the first round. of love you. It is crazy
1: to think like, now in hindsight. The state champions began their postseason with a scoreless first quarter. Yeah. Again, Surely that's the first time that's ever happened,
4: right? I, I'm assuming <laughs> so. it has to be. Against Midlothian in the regional final, yeah. they were losing four to two at the end of the first mm-hmm. quarter. Starting off slow was nothing new for this team. You know, they had the same blueprint. You know, make the adjustments. Second quarter. Especially coming out of the second half, really take over mm-hmm. and the, let their defense do do the talking. And every game was the same, you know, the same style of play. They don't, they didn't subject themselves to you know another team's style of play or, or, or playing someone else's game. They did what they know how to do, you know, timely big time shots from girls like Maya Jane and,
2: and, and Lily Zinkowitz. You know, she, I think she had, had a bunch of threes this past weekend. Yeah, she had a huge state semis game. I think she scored sixteen that game. Yes. She only she didn't have to score a whole lot in the state championship game, but. If, they don't get to that state championship game. It's not for her in that semifinals game. They won by three in overtime. Mm-hmm. She hits the go ahead three. She scores sixteen. So she deserves a lot of credit as well.
4: Yeah, and then just suffocating opponents, mm-hmm. you know, down the stretch. And then when they need a bucket, you know, Jazzy owns Barnett's there, mm-hmm. and she she's a walking bucket. And uh, some of the programs maybe she averages twenty, thirty points per game, but she doesn't have to. You know, with this team, with the with the style of play, how slow down things are. But it's just so impressive. You know that Liberty, you know, like. Of all, like no offense to this Liberty team, but you know, not much experience. You know, a lot of sophomores, a lot right. of juniors.
1: This wasn't a team that carried playing. itself with state championship caliber expectations coming into the season. Oh, no,
4: Coach Ross Reedy told me multiple times he was like, I thought we were maybe the fifth best team in this district. You know, heading into the season, it's like, okay, well then you go win the state title. Like, and I remember, uh, shoot, they were when they beat Lone Star the first time. The, the game when Kyla Deck mm-hmm. um, hit that crazy shot to force overtime. Uh, and then they eventually went on to win. I think they were ten and zero after that game. Uh, Reedy told me he was like, "Yeah, because nah, I think it was my first time seeing the play." He's like, "Yeah, a lot, not a lot of people thought we were going to be good, anyways, either." So and they were ten and zero, and then they go win the district title and. And the rest is history.
1: It is just wild that like you mentioned, just the, no matter what your tempo is, no matter what your style of play is, how there's just, you don't have a choice when you play Liberty. No matter what, you're going to play at just the, the most grinding tempo. It's going to be so uncomfortable that it was the main thing that stuck out last year, getting to see this team in the state championship game against Amarillo with all that that program stands for and whatnot. And even for three quarters now, Amarillo finally did get a little bit of separation there in the fourth, but for three quarters, like the game was being contested 100% on Liberty Terms, it's just so patient, it's so methodical how they work for for high efficiency shots. And um, I mean, again, like you could maybe try to speed them up, maybe throw double teams their way, or just try to do whatever you can to try to get some turnovers. Maybe you know speed up the tempo and ignite your transition game. But it just you just aren't able to do that against Liberty because they're just and it, it requires players that are high IQ mm-hmm. and just you know and whatnot and, and, and know how to uh, you know to not make those mistakes in half court that play with a patience and a calmness to themselves. And and uh, yeah, I mean it's wild. I mean it's just got some numbers here, the, the 26 points um, allowed against Memorial, that was the fewest they allowed in the entire postseason. Mm-hmm. So to save that effort for the state championship game, all too timely there. Mm-hmm. Their nine-point margin of victory was their largest since the area round against South Oak Cliff. Everything else, though, had been like yep. a one-point win over Centennial or a f- three-point win here a four-point win there. Two different
4: overtime games also. Yes.
1: And then um, it was the 16th time all season that they've held an opponent below 30 points. I mean, just again, that's when you factor in again just the average then per quarter. That's just that is just nuts. I mean, you
2: go off it too. Speaking of those slow starts, I mean, not to have a point in the first quarter earlier this year to start off still like they did in the first quarter of the state championship game, it just speaks about the composure, which Ross Reedy Mm -hmm. talked about after that game. No matter what happens early on, these girls just fight their way back, they don't get rattled by anything. Look what happened the rest of the way in the state championship game.
4: And they were, what, ranked, what, 24th in Class 5A? The disrespect. Yeah, 24th, and (laughs) here they are. Number one at the end of the season. Number one. That's wild. I would love to see this year's team play. Last year's team that almost won it all with all Cause, seniors
1: because wasn't last year's team like a team that was kind of building up towards the oh, chance yeah. to win a state title oh, yeah. like that it was a group that had so much more experience and they had been through those battles and whatnot and then it's this team was the one that gets over the hump just wild <laughs> what a, what a run what a run for the F of the Lady Redhawks first Liberty Hoist a Class 5A state championship uh, let's see let's talk about McKinney who mm-hmm. was sort of kind of the surprise entrant over in the Class 6A draw where you had you know undefeated Cypress Creek you had the defending state champion, Converse Judson, and then you had mighty Duncanville, number one-ranked you know, going for their eleventh state championship. And then you had McKinney making its first appearance in over two decades, despite finishing third in their own district. So you weren't really sure what to make if they were just a team that kinda got hot at the right time. And then after the fact to see um you know to see what it all means, you know, when having to go up against, you know, state ranked teams like when they beat Harker Heights and then they beat Plano. Mm -hmm. I mean two you know just two quality quality programs. But okay, how are you gonna handle just the actual the pressure that comes with being on that stage for the very first time? And it sounds like Chris that like even in defeat they should Showed it about as well as you possibly could, considering the stature of their opponent, who was undefeated at the time.
2: I mean, they could have honestly won that game, too. Mm. That's the thing. McKinney played such a great game. The only difference was Cypress Creek came in to that game 40-0, number 12 in the country by Max Preps. And McKinney is a three-seat out of its own district, yeah. makes this run to the state championship game. And sure, they lost, but they were just so happy they got to this point, what they did, mm-hmm. what they accomplished. Because if you look at it, what were the odds of them actually making it this far? When you're a three seed, you're not going to get easy matchups. Yeah. They made it this far. They came within three points of winning this game. They started off hot, too. They mm-hmm. really did. They started off on a big run. They had a four-point lead after the first quarter, but Cypress Creek is a Cypress Creek. There's a reason why they are 40-0 and, and why they're top 15 in the country. For they sure. Just, they came out with that one, but McKinney had a chance at the end there, too, where we thought one of those last two threes was going to go in. Really? From my seed, it looked like it was online. It just, it just couldn't go down the net, oh. but... That, Still a heck of a season for them because you see, um, I mean, it
1: sounds like because McKinney's kind of they've they've hung their hat on defense mm-hmm. all I mean all postseason. I mean, they won the regional final against Plano thirty-two to twenty-eight. It's <laughs> so the <first> Liberty game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, this game um, you know got a little bit further away from that. I'm not sure if McKinney necessarily wanted this game to be mm-hmm. in the fifties, but um, I mean, nevertheless, they still did a pretty solid job defensively, with the exception of Kendall Hunter. It sounds like she just went nuts for uh, for cycling. I Greek.
2: mean, and it wasn't like the most efficient night for her ever, but she's still going to. She's still going to get yeah. buckets. She's still going to make shots. I mean, she was taking threes four or five feet behind the line and making them. It was like wow, a high school version of Steph Curry in really? a way. Almost looked a little bit like a Sabrina Ionescu out there. Oh yeah, a little bit. Okay because um
1: yeah you look defensively i mean they held side creek to just 38 percent from the field and again you mentioned kennel hunter i believe her final numbers were i think it was like 11 of 25 shooting yeah. she was only only two players on that team converted more than one field goal exactly <laughs> so they did i mean again they tried to whether well, it was the case of just let her get hers and let's mm-hmm. just dare everyone else to beat them and whatnot yeah. but um but still i mean mckinney shows they shows they show well in taking a an undefeated team down to the wire like that And like you said this was a three-point game inside the final uh, you know the closing moments with a chance at the tie what was um what what was kind of the scene afterwards in the in the press conference? Just for a team that, again, like I'm sure they, you know, once they once they got far enough, I'm sure that it began to feel real. But who knows at the start of the postseason when they're going back and forth with Lakeview Centennial in a game that they very well could have lost? If it seemed like okay, you know, we would have, we have enough in the tank to maybe mm-hmm. make a you know to make a run to San Antonio? What was the uh, what was the scene like afterwards in that presser as they were just kind of reflecting on their season?
2: Obviously, you're going to be emotional after you you mm-hmm. lose a game and your season ends with a loss, but. As they reflected this, head coach Deb Harris reflected too that she was just so proud of this team and what they did. They had great leadership. They had all these different girls step up throughout the tournament. And just the way they came together is one, too, because, but like I said a couple minutes ago, to go from a three seed and you're out of your own district to a state semis is, in 6A is really impressive. That sure. it, it was more of just, they were proud to even be here and represent their community like this. And sure, it's tough when you lose a game like that. Like I said, you never want to end your season with a loss. But if you if you think about it in this grand scheme of things, she still called them champions. She still called them winners because to go that far to be the top four team there at the end with the teams you mentioned, like a Duncanville, a Cypress yeah. Creek, a Converse Judson, that speaks to just how good you are.
1: I think this is the second time in the last calendar year that McKinney ISD has had a team that finished third in its own district advance to the state tournament, because I believe that's where the Boyd baseball team finished last spring when they made their improbable run to state. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe it's just a, just a good luck thing, finishing third <laughs> in the district. That's crazy. But, uh, yes, uh, what, what a season for the uh, for the Lionettes as they advanced to the state semifinals. And then we can talk about, you know, you talked about reasons to be proud in the face of defeat, and surely there's plenty over the years that are can look back on and be incredibly proud of because this is one of the all-time great runs in Texas high school basketball. Um, you know, again, they'll have time to reflect and look back on all that they've accomplished, but in the moment, though, man, that had to sting on Saturday.
2: It, it really did. You could see the emotions for Riley McKinney, those players up there at the podium. Mm-hmm. Head coach Chance Westmoreland started crying at the podium, too, when he reflected on this run. I mean, he hasn't been here for this entire six-year run, but he's still been here for a few years, won a couple of state titles every great thing's got to come to an end eventually, right? Oh. That's just the way it was. And it's, but one thing I do want to say first, credit to those Argyle girls for even talking to the media after the mm-hmm. game because you can tell the emotions were high. And the last people I probably want to talk to after losing for a sure. game like that and ending your career like that one-point game in overtime is to the media. Yeah. But they held their heads high. It's just a matter of, it wasn't their second half. It wasn't their overtime. Fairfield, a lot of credit to them, too. Those girls yeah. went down big early. They're down 16-3 to three right away. They stormed back. You almost thought Riley McKinney was going to win that game at the end, too. Yeah. Goes, goes to the line a few free throws, makes the first two. Third one just didn't go down. Gets that putback, and you're thinking – it's just going to end with McKinney, ending in her high school career with that thing going. It's in, the perfect it just,
1: storybook end to one of like the, exactly. the most accomplished high school basketball careers. In, oh, exactly. In the it, area. it didn't
2: go in, but Argot to win five state titles in a row, to win forty-one straight playoff games in a row. I don't care what level you are, you're yeah. in what state you're in. That's that's remarkable to do, especially in high school where you get so much turnover each oh, yeah. season. It's just in that it's I I can't even <laughs> put it into words how that happens, but. Because That's just the thing. You're only in high school for four nights.
1: years, so it means that they started this run with an entirely different yep. cast of players. Yep. And just see they've been able to keep this run going and oftentimes having to go through because there were years when they entered the postseason without you know being ranked number one, like this year, for example, mm-hmm. and they had to take down the number one ranked team. Like this year it was Canyon. They beat them in the regional tournament and whatnot. So then to see that they've just been able to stay so consistent over the years and they've done it with injuries too, because remember mm-hmm. we've talked about it before. Sidney Standifer, arguably their best player, you know, has missed these last two years, essentially essentially missed these last two playoff runs because of a torn ACL. So, um, I mean, to still been able to uh, you know to keep it on track and just the job that Riley McKinney did, just kind of putting that team on her shoulders time and time again. She ended up with, uh, with 24 points per game during her postseason. And um, it sounds like she was just once again in, in rare phenomenal, form at the phenomenal. state tournament. I mean, you
2: saw the regional tourney. She drops 33 and 32 oh, yeah. consecutive games. <laughs> it, Remarkable. Including
1: the first 26 points for Argyle that, in the I mean, regional I mean, finals. How
2: do you do that? How, how do you... Conceivably do that because you're thinking after you get 10 points in a row, those opponents they are honed in on you yeah. for the rest of the game. But the score 26 in a row from one player. Now, I want to see what her and Timia Jones from the colony do at SMU because that's yeah, one that's heck right. of a tandem there. Um,
1: so the Argyle uh, the Argyle dynasty, if this is in fact the end, now we don't know. We'll see, obviously, what next year brings. But obviously, they do lose, you know, some pretty impactful players, not just Riley McKinney, but Brooklyn Carl um, and whatnot. You know, players that have been through the uh, you know through those wars before. Um, you know, but they, uh, the 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 dynasty itself, as far as the consecutive title streak, it ends at five, which is tied for the second most in mm-hmm. UIL girls basketball history. A win on Saturday, they would have tied them for the top spot with Nazareth, who has six in a row. Um, I mean, it is wild though, because like you know. You hear the cliche that all good things come to an end, but man, nobody nobody deserves to have it all no, it, that way. It, it's it's just, it, it
2: hurts. It hurts to see that. Yeah. You can see the emotions, but we could say, who knows what's going to happen next year? But the way Argyles done it for the last five, six who's years, to, may, who's to doubt them? The yeah, exactly. Is, Maybe the they exact make exact another spot. run. They come back and make it six out of the last yeah. seven years. It just it just shows the margin between happiness
1: and heartbreak that exists in sports. And yes, unfortunately for Argyle, they uh, after so much happiness and so much success, the ball just just a a, few, a couple fractions of an inch, and that thing probably switches for Riley McKinney. You go into overtime, and at that point, who's betting against Riley finding a
2: way? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because as soon as she puts it up, I'm thinking it's in. It's yeah. over. It's going to be six in a row. You know, they're going to tie for the longest streak ever. But it just didn't go in. But even if it didn't go in, mm. her career. It's going to be defined by – I don't even want to know how many career points he finished. Right oh, gosh, so that, yeah. That's a statistic I need to know. But a heck of a run, a heck of a yeah. career regardless. Their head coach called it the greatest three-year run yeah, he's his, only been there his since as a coach yeah. yep, and did a heck of a job there now. We'll see what they do in the future. But when they look back on it here starting probably in a week or so, they're going to, they're going to look at that and be like, wow, we really did something mm-hmm. that's been done before rarely at any level of high school sports.
1: So, yes, that is a look back on the action that happened over the weekend in San Antonio at the State Girls Basketball Tournament. Going to shift gears, talk a little bit more basketball, just give you a little bit of primers to what we've got in store for our afternoon as we assemble our second-ever all-area basketball team, and we will do that after a quick break. And we are back. We've got Devin Hassan and Kendrick Johnson. Kendrick all decked out in his LA Lakers gear after their big few days and whatnot. So uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, yeah, so we've already talked about the state girls basketball tournament and we can put that to rest. Um, this afternoon, guys, though, we are voting on our second ever all-area basketball team and wanted to just use these last I guess few moments of the podcast as just sort of kind of a primer because uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this turns out just because I was looking over last year's compared to this year's. There's going to be some massive turnover and like I guess I didn't even realize it in the moment how much everything from graduations to injuries of kind of like of the ten kids on our uh, our all area girls basketball team last year that were picked for the first team or the second team nine of them graduated and then you have cases where like our all area MVP Jordan Oliver she's obviously off at Baylor our uh, our sixth woman of the year Sydney Adams of Allen she's graduated and then you have players like Jordan Merritt and Mackenzie Bus who are defensive player of the year newcomer of the year respectively they essentially missed all year with injuries. So, um, I mean, the only holdovers from last year are Amaria Fields of McKinney North, Jules Spear of the Colony, who was our Offensive Player of the Year, and then uh, Ross Reedy, first school Liberty. He was our Coach of the Year last year. Um, so, again, who Repeat. knows? I know. And that's, <laughs> what? that's part of the uh, – so if you're just looking at some of the uh, – because, all right, so how we do this is um, we have an MVP, we have an Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, and then we wanted just to think of something kind of a bit more off the beaten path. So we went last year, we went with, you know, like Sixth Man of the Year and whatnot decided to recognize a bench player um, I mean we can always decide if we want to keep that and whatnot because I know those bench stats are a little bit tougher to parse through you know than it is for your players that are dropping 15 20 a night and whatnot um, I mean the MVP discussion on both boys and girls are going to be fascinating because like last year I think it maybe took like a combined five seconds <laughs> for us to decide on our all- area MVPs it was like Jordan Oliver yeah that makes sense yep <laughs> even though we had three all- Americans she' was from three McDonald's all Americans you know it felt like we were all kind of in in concert with thinking Jordan Oliver it was just a hair above the, uh, above the rest. And then we had RJ Hanton on the boys' side. Yeah, you know what? Seems like a no-brainer. With this year, though, I have... Uh I have no idea because you were mentioning, Kendrick, like even like whether it was in your area or mine or whatnot, there weren't a ton of players that just like just popped on the stat sheet and whatnot. Uh-huh. There was a lot of teams that really kind of built their identities on balance.
5: Oh, yeah, like kids that would uh, like they averaged 16, 17 points, but mainly it's like how they played in the fourth quarter if they, mm-hmm. if they had a good game or not, not necessarily putting up the 25. Or, yeah. you know, I had E.J. Clark a couple of years led at, at the area and scoring. Oh, yeah. Every game he's going to put up 25, 30, so we didn't have all that this year.
1: The closest thing was probably Keontae George at Louisville, oh, yeah. and surely Keontae will be in consideration for our all area. Tom so was a freshman;
5: he was really good. Dude. Oh yeah, he's he's just as good as a sophomore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> number one, uh, he's the number one player in the state for uh, for the class of twenty twenty one. Not
3: surprised. Well, in twenty twenty two, say particularly in the girls' side, you have so many good. Coaches so many good systems, yes. and, and the way they run their programs doesn't allow for big numbers. You, you know, you mentioned McKinney doing it, you know, their way. Frisco Liberty, we, you know, you talked about in the first segment the mm-hmm. way they won that state championship. Saxy, one of my teams, yes. they, they don't have a lot of girls that put up huge numbers. It's, it's part of that system that Donna McCullough runs um, that that just wins. Mm-hmm. That's just what they do. And so, yeah, I mean, they don't have necessarily flashy numbers. That they could put mm-hmm. up in a different in a different system, but they they win. That's what's important. But,
5: and, but tell me this though, in the big picture though, do system win or do players win? Because Duncanville don't have no system. Both. Let me let, me, let me have those players. Mm-hmm. I'll roll my I'll roll that dice.
3: Yeah, you can, you can basically out talent people. Yes, but I think Duncanville's got an excellent coaching staff too. I mean, I think I mean those girls go, don't they just don't roll the ball mm-hmm. out there and say go do what you do. Those girls are very well disciplined. I was For watching sure. the games this weekend and. Um, It takes more than just the talent.
1: It's going to lead to you just you mentioned the influence the coaching has on this, and that's going to lead to what I think is going to be one of the more spirited discussions <laughs> this afternoon. Um, is just how do uh, how do we reach a, a consensus on who to pick for coach of the year? Because we've got so many, like any other year, you can make a case for, for coaches like Rodney Belcher over at Plano mm-hmm. to be able to make it to the regional finals after losing his best player. You lose so a dominant
5: the and then go to the regionals.
1: You win district and whatnot. I mean, yeah, you're able to do all that, and um, it, but then you have Deb Harris with McKinney and the, and the run that the Lionettes got on. Like, who could have foreseen the? Well, No
5: stars. You had no, like, superstar. Mm. You got a bunch of girls buying into the system, Mm. and the system. Got them there,
1: and then of course, then of course, there's a, there's Ross Reedy, who was our coach of the year last year, but had an arguably better season this year as he got over the hump, losing all it, losing what was it four starters from last year's team, and then being able to get back and not only get back but win a state championship, the first ever Frisco ISD. So again, it's you actually have to discuss kind of what criteria you value most, and um, you know obviously it leads to some pretty spirited debate between us and whatnot, but we eventually do reach a uh, we do reach the finish line one way or another. But yes, I think that uh, the coach of the year discussion, especially on the girls' side, I'm very much looking forward to um on the boys side were there any names that jumped out you know was Zach Mexel over at Saxe that got the nod. You know in years past if I look at some of our other all area coach um you know coach of the years like in football Marcus Shavers got it last year. Um you know Jeff Rayburn got it this year. So again you kind of had two different cases of perhaps the you know the coach that did you know that kind of came out of the blue had to you know perhaps the more surprising season versus the coach that you know this year we recognize the coach who got his team, you know, the furthest of everybody that we cover. So um I don't know it's just every every case study is different. were there any coaching jobs that kind of stuck out though on y'all's end as far as teams that maybe maybe have a you know whether it was a team that had a bit more success than you maybe expected or whatnot?
3: No, uh, I mean not, not necessarily. I mean, but I, I think with coach of the year, you tend to lean, lean toward two two factors: mm-hmm. championships, yeah. number one, but turnarounds. That's, yeah. that's that's you know you mentioned Zach Mike's last year you know last yeah, year was that the was turnarounds. turnaround. yeah. You, you added something. McKinney didn't even make the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the playoffs last year.
0: Okay.
3: Oh, <laughs> you still okay. on the okay. girls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that, that's a very valid point, though. Yeah, I mean, it is no doubt. Um, no doubt. B- because we do tend to weigh yeah. turnarounds. Marcus Shavers, what he did, you know, uh, in front, it's just. It, it there's a different criteria, and we'll break it all down, but I, I think turnaround a big aspect of it, especially if it's in your first year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've been at the program for five years, um, it's a little bit different because you know that the kids are in freshman JV. To walk in your first year and completely change the, the atmosphere and to completely turn things around, um, I, mm-hmm. I guess, gets a little more credence in our eyes.
1: Um, and then but I mean a team like you mentioned McKinney though, but on the boys' side for them to have the year that they did with all of the young players and whatnot, yeah. surely that's gotta reflect positively on Wes Watson, for yeah.
5: Sure. They, 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 they call them the kids, so the kids can play. But it's kinda it's kinda hard that you take uh two sophomores and two freshmen yeah. And you throw them in there from day one. It wasn't like they had a process. Because usually, I know Devin's seen this. Like you hear about these kids that get hyped up and then come this they finally start showing up. They were there from day one for sure. So he had a plan, and it worked, and it was very successful. And almost within the three point shot, got them to the quarterfinals.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that was one of those teams where I didn't necessarily look at the roster real quick. I mean, I mean, I mean, for the game, you know, just to analyze it, I just saw okay, they got freshmen, sophomores in the team. Big deal. Yeah. You know, there's playoffs. Rosters expand anyway, and then as the game's going on, as I'm watching that all game, all these kids play. I'm, I'm like, notice, he like, he, okay, he hit a three, sophomore. He hit a three, freshman. It's like that team's going to be scary in a couple of years. Should
5: have got them this year. I keep, I keep telling Mad everybody should have got them this year because they're going to be, they're going to be tough to deal with
3: next year. Yeah, definitely will.
1: Uh, so let's see. As far as um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of where else I want to go with this. Um, let's see. Uh, as far as six man of the year, you guys, where did you guys stand kind of on that last year? Is that something you guys want to keep around for this year? Do we want to maybe think outside the box for a different, uh, maybe offshoot uh, superlative and whatnot, or?
3: You know, it's 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 just tough to say because how do you define six-man? Because there's a lot of guys, It's more
1: that, so it's yeah, the best bench player on our coverage here. Because, yeah, obviously rotations can change and whatnot. So, I mean, who knows? It's more just kind of the best bench standout that yeah, we have. Yeah,
3: because you don't have the – I mean, you know, the, in the NBA you should be real conventional. You had mm-hmm. your six-man that came off the bench. Yeah. But these days you have guys that – start half the time and don't start half the time. It's, it's like, there's a
5: certain criteria for the, I the NBA. It's like, you yeah. can, you can only start like 30 games, <laughs> start more than 30 games. It's, persistent a very particular, yeah. I would vote the NBA writers association for the board. <laughs> so this, I forget this exact number it's 30 to 35 that you can only yeah. uh, go. Yeah. So there's a legit criteria, but I know what you're saying. Cause you'll see some kid that's like, he didn't start the last two games and he plays the whole game from beginning to end when they play somebody big. Mm.
1: Now, um, just say some quick notes, though, on our uh, on our boys basketball team. As far as the turnover from there, as far as players that graduated, we had four of our first, uh, or four of the five first team selections graduated. Only two of the five second team selections graduated. But our reigning MVP is currently overseas. <laughs> He's played overseas for his, uh, for this uh, for the season. Our offensive player of the year graduated. Um, I believe that was
5: Byron Scoby from McKinney.
1: It? Yep. And then our defensive player of the year didn't play basketball this year. Brandon Frazier from McKinney
5: North. <laughs> he was hurt though. Yeah, he was hurt surgery before he signed with the uh, War Eagles.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, last year's Newcomer of the Year, Keontae George, he's back. And like we mentioned, he'll be in consideration for either MVP, Offensive Player of the Year for something. Keontae's probably got a pretty big superlative coming his way. And then our Sixth Man of the Year last year, Frisco Lone Stars, Andre Howard, he moved into the starting lineup and was either their leading scorer or their second leading scorer. So obviously no longer qualifies for that.
5: <laughs> it's good to see people on the come up, though. Oh,
1: yeah. So it's just, I don't know, it's just fascinating to see how these, uh, how these discussions go. It's always, again, we're going to hunker on down in our, uh, our sports office down the uh, down the street and it'll probably take a, you know a couple hours you know basketball tends to kind of go a little bit quicker than like football does where you got so <laughs> many different positions and we keep it i mean we keep it restrictive so we have the kids we have our superlatives and whatnot and like I mentioned there's what six superlatives that we award and then there's five first team and five
5: second team that's it so keep, it's keep it real with them man let them know you're not going to find another more accurate list than you are in the area <laughs> than what we got we don't make up stuff it's very serious mm-hmm. and it's very accurate. I challenge another publication Ooh. to come up with the high school section <laughs> that we came up with. That's going to be as accurate. Kendrick firing
1: shots over here. <laughs> yeah, now the yeah, now the pressure's on us to release a damn good list this afternoon. So uh,
5: that's what we do, though.
1: Yeah, we might as well get to it then. So, yes, that is a look at what is in the store this afternoon as we compile our second ever all-area basketball team. Should be fun. We'll have that stuff out. I guess within the next two three weeks after the fact, we'll keep you all apprised on social media as to when that will drop. Um, let's see. All right, so that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Until next.